Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you're in the right place because this is where the best run and this is where the best that run the best are helping to make the world run better. There you go. Got a couple of new taglines in there. So what's happening today? Let's see the buzz. I found something on a website called komarketing.com. It was a blog from them and I'm going to introduce a term we don't typically talk about in the B2B context. So here's the quote. Using Instagram, There I said it. Using Instagram and B2B marketing actually isn't a bad idea. Now, that may sound like a little bit of a a lukewarm endorsement or a little bit of a cool fuzzy. We're not actually sure, but that's what we're going to talk about today. So if your business is not yet social savvy enough, and if you're not sure what channels to focus on, here's what we're going to be talking about today. And again, I'm going back to quoting this blog from komarketing.com. Here we go. Quote, When most B2B marketers think of Instagram, they may think of teenagers or millennials who are using it to post photos about their lives and what they're into. But a 2017 Marketing Profs infographic reports that Instagram is the fastest growing platform for B2B marketers, and it actually has the highest engagement rate among all social media platforms, unquote. And all I can say is, wow, seriously, really? And we have a panel of three experts who are going to help us figure this out. So the question on the table is, is Instagram right for you? Should you add it if you haven't already? And I'm guessing a lot of you haven't yet dipped your toe into the Instagram pool, if you will. Should you be adding it to your social selling program, platform, however you want to call it. Our topic today, Insider Secrets, Instagram for B2B social selling. I am Bonnie D. Graham, happy to be here, and I have three experts. Let me just tell you who they are, and then we'll get started with their opening quotes. We've got some great quotes today. First up, we're welcoming a newcomer. She is Vanessa Baker. She is head of Partner Social Advocacy at a company called Tribal Impact. Tribal is such a big word today, everywhere in business, I know that. And uh, she comes to us via her her connection, her, her colleague, Sarah Goodall, who was going to be on the show and couldn't make it, and we're just delighted to have Vanessa join the Game Changers radio show today. So, Vanessa, welcome. And joining her on the panel is Kirsten Boylow, head of regional engagement and social selling at SAP. And Kirsten, of course, is the sponsor of our series that is dedicated to social selling. That's where we got the idea for the topic. And joining these two ladies is Sherelle Robinson-Brown, also a regular on Game Changers radio. She's with the Global Social Selling Program team at SAP. So welcome to our experts, and we really are considering the three of you as experts because I don't know anything about Instagram. I have I have a bunch of stuff written down, but I'm not going to sit here and read it. So let's start out with, um, let, let me just do a quick intro here. Instagram, known as IG, that's capital I, capital G, is a photo and video sharing social networking service owned by Facebook now, created by Kevin Systrom, or Systrom and Mike Krieger and launched in October 2010 exclusively on iOS. That's the Apple platform. There we go. So Vanessa Baker has sent us a quote to open the show. 
from Desiderata. It's a poem by Max Ehrman from 1927. It's a prose poem. He was an American writer. He was largely unknown in his lifetime, but this poem gained such popularity, it is often used in devotional and spoken word recordings, and it started to be used in the early 1970s, and that called its attention to the world. So here is the quote Vanessa has selected from a very long and beautiful poem called Desiderata. Quote, speak your truth quietly and clearly and listen to others, even to the dull and the ignorant. They too have their story. Vanessa Baker, welcome to Game Changers. How are you? I'm very well. and Thank you so much for having me here today. It's a great pleasure to join you and meet you all. We are delighted. I have to tell everybody that Vanessa and Sarah Goodall and Tribal Impact are very big on social media. And yesterday, a full day in advance of the show, they kept posting pictures of Vanessa with a headset on popping up and saying, we're excited. Vanessa's going to be on Coffee Break with Game Changers. And I got such a kick out of that. So thank you for for being part of our pre-show social impact. I appreciate that. So tell me about the quote, Vanessa. Why did you pick a quote from a poem from 1927, speak your truth quietly and clearly and listen to others. Go ahead. Well, it seems quite strange to be referring to a quote written so long ago, but I read this over 20 years ago, that's the whole poem, and it made me think, what a wonderful guide to being a great human being. I mean, I'm not particularly religious, but it just resonated with me. And with the world of social selling, I think, as we know, it's very much focused on building relationships and not pipeline, because customers today are digitally savvy and educated. And how does it relate to social selling? Well, it made me think about the tone of voice we need to use, how we communicate, empathizing and putting ourselves in our customers' shoes. We need to think about where they're coming from, being dignified and respectful. And I think as well, you know, not everyone speaks our language uh, Mm -hmm. or uses the same words that we do, but that doesn't make them less relevant. And I think there's so much noise online that we need to be consistent and clear and be helpful and human overall. So that's why I picked this particular quote, because it spoke volumes to me today in our, in our business world. Thank you. Vanessa, I, I heard you say that you read this 20 years ago, and it resonated, and, and it's so appropriate today. I don't think we've ever had Airman's poem, Desiderata, mentioned on Game Changers Radio. May I just read the opening of that poem so our listeners know a little more about it? Is that okay with you? Yep, that's fine. And the line you gave us is the second line. The first line is, Go placidly amid the noise and the haste, and remember what peace there may be in silence, as far as possible without surrender, beyond good terms with all persons. That, Vanessa, there's another mantra, and I know Kirsten and Sherelle will agree with that. There's another mantra for social selling, beyond good terms with all persons, and know when to be quiet, but be be fast (laughs) at the same. Fascinating. Thank you so much. I appreciate that, and we love your energy, and... And we're going to be talking with you more, a lot, in just a couple of minutes. So hang tight and let me move around the table to Kirsten. Kirsten has sent us a quote that has um, a couple of misattributions, actually, Kirsten. Everybody thinks it came from Herman, Herman Melville, who wrote Moby Dick and Typey and Omu, who was who lived from 1819 to 1891. He was an American novelist, short story writer, and poet of the American Renaissance period. But actually, the quote came from an Anglican preacher named Henry Melville, who lived from 
1798 to 1871. He kind of overlapped Herman Melville. Here's the quote. Everybody listen up. We cannot live only for ourselves. A thousand fibers connect us with our fellow men. And among those fibers, as sympathetic threads, our actions run as causes, and they come back to us as effects. Kirsten Boyle, welcome back. How have you been? Wonderful, Bonnie. Thank you for asking. Great to be here today. Terrific. I, I couldn't do a show on this without you, Kirsten. You're, you're my go-to guru for everything <laughs> social selling. Did you know that this was from Henry Melville without the E on the end versus Herman Melville? Does it really matter? <laughs> I did not, actually. Um, I came across it, and it was it just so resonated with me that I, I, I honestly, I should have checked out the uh, the attribution, but I didn't. But you know what? You would have found out on, on Googling the quote, nine out of ten still say it's from Herman, Herman Melville. So you would have found those first. I had to dig a little bit deeper, and you know that's what I love to do in my spare time at three in the morning. <laughs> so it's on me, dear. It's on me. So tell me about this. We cannot live only for ourselves. Relate this to not just social selling, Kirsten, but Instagram. That's where we want to focus today. Well, the the thousand fibers that connects us, and I would say fellow people, and not just men. Thank um, you. Was really what uh, caught my eye and caught my attention. All of you know, we've talked about in the past on previous shows uh, how we release this um, social dust or social clouds or uh, social breadcrumbs that bring us uh, that that people can find and learn about us. And I think that those, those fibers was what I really was envisioning is that social, um, social dust, social uh, breadcrumbs, and how each one of those is an action, some sort of action that we have taken and that we have um, put out there to represent ourselves, to build our brand, to... Um, you know, to show on, say, particularly Instagram, uh, a version of ourselves that um, we want the world to know about. And we do have to be authentic with it, of course. But each one of those actions um, becomes a, um, an ultimate reaction from our audience. And that's the effect. And so just it, each one of these words in this quote just seemed to resonate with the way that Instagram uh, causes that, you know, because it's all visual, having that visual impact. It's, you know, processed so many thousand times faster than text. Uh, and so being able to use that visual element to drive that reaction from our audience and have that effect with them to build our reputation, build our brand, all of those pieces come together with this quote. Thank you, Kirsten. And and I picked up on authentic. Of course, we talk about that all the time. And I'm so intrigued because Instagram, as I said, people think, oh, my kids are using it. And they went to a party and they posted there. So they bought new shoes and they put that's how we used to think about Twitter, wasn't it, Kirsten? Back in the early days. Remember? Yes, absolutely. Yep. And people looked at me like I was seriously off my social rocker when they said, wait a minute, you're on a business radio show, you're hosting business talk radio, and you're using Twitter as a social platform? Seriously? Isn't that where people say, oh, I woke up and I yawned? Oh, dear. No, we're doing a lot more with Twitter. So do you think that there is an evolution of acceptability of 
the validity, the value of this photo and video sharing social. And we talk about video as a new marketing tool on our Think Big, Work Small show that Lorraine Marie sponsors with me here about tools for the small to mid-sized business. And you talk about video for social selling all the time, Kirsten. So do you think there's an evolution of these platforms coming of age, perhaps? Oh, absolutely. And I I think that as the people that are the early adopters of these platforms, so, you know, the younger set generally, um, they tend to be the early adopters of these new platforms. As they grow older and enter the workforce, it's the absolute evolution of how these platforms become used from a business perspective. I, I would absolutely agree with that. Thank you very much. Then we're going to see some evolutionary comments here today. Thank you, Kirsten, and welcome back. And now let's go a little bit more around the table to Sherelle Robinson-Brown. And Sherelle has sent us a quote, I think, from a source we've used before from you, Sherelle. And always, these are very deep quotes. The source is Rabindranath Tagore, or Tagore, T-A-G-O-R-E. And after his name, Sherelle, are the letters F-R-A-S, I never knew what it meant. And I looked it up this morning just to be authentic about this. I can sound smarter. And F-R-I-A-S is Fellow of the Royal Astronomical Society. I had no idea. Uh, He lived from 1861 to 1941. Again, another sort of overlap with the other two quoted people. And his sobriquet, meaning his nickname, that's a French word, sobriquet, I think, Kirsten, we would say in French, is Guru Dev. He was a Bengali polymath from the Indian subcontinent. He was a poet, a musician, and an artist. And in 1913... He became the first non-European to win the Nobel Prize in Literature and became known as the Bard of Bengal. How interesting. Here's the quote. You can't cross the sea merely by standing and staring at the water. Sherelle, welcome back. How are you today? I I picked this quote because I say it all the time to my 16-year-old daughter. She's from the age of instant gratification, and Kirsten just mentioned the younger generation, so I think it's appropriate to mention this, and she just feels like things happen organically. And I I just told her it's probably her dad and I working in the background to make it happen. So I, I, I say something like this to her on a regular basis almost daily. So that's why I picked that quote. Now... Let's draw the breadcrumbs or the dots or the polka dots or whatever we want to do, and let's get it over to our topic of Instagram and B2B social selling. You can't cross the sea merely by standing and staring at the water. Who is standing and staring at the water, and is Instagram the pool or the sea they need to dip into, Sherelle? Let's be really, really specific. So I think the people that are standing and staring at the water, again, are the younger generation um, Mm -hmm. because everything is so easy for them. We had to work a little bit harder, even dialing the phone in my generation when I was younger took a little bit more effort than, you know, asking Siri or Alexa or someone to dial a number for you. And you don't have to put forth any effort at all. So I think this is a great quote and it sort of ties into what Kirsten said about um, social or what you mentioned about social channels. And they force us to be real and show that the brands that we're projecting to our audience has to be authentic because of all of the, specifically Instagram, all of the new features that are on that platform. It has video. It has, you can go live. It has stories. So not only are you telling a story through pictures or branding yourself through pictures, there are other functions that are holding you accountable to this brand that you're projecting to your audience and to the world. 
and there's a whole market of younger prospects and customers out there who, as soon as their parents and families transitioned over to Facebook, they completely abandoned that platform and went to Instagram. So Facebook made a very, very hefty, smart, intelligent move by purchasing Instagram. Very interesting. Thank you very much. Yes, it's, it uh, reminds me of what's happening with, with retail. Bigger stores are gobbling up the smaller ones, right? And we, that's where we ended up with big box stores. And, and now there is a move, though, back toward smaller even pop-up storefronts, smaller, more agile retailers. Anyway, that's a whole other topic, and we actually have our show on retail leaders at 2 p.m. today here on the Business Channel, so I'll leave that conversation for the side on that show. So thank you very much, Sherelle, and glad you were able to come back, and now let's go around the table and learn a little bit more about our three experts today. Vanessa Baker, we have three questions. Number one, where in the world are you today in general? Number two, what's your favorite drink that keeps you smiling and energetic? And number three, what is your role at Tribal Impact? Go ahead, Vanessa. Hello. Well, today I am in London in England, having seen a client this morning and now retired to the office, so um, a great place to be. Um, what's in my cup at the moment? Now, that's a great question. The afternoon is time for a lovely vanilla chai herbal tea. Um, I've had the caffeine in the morning, need to rein it back a bit so I can actually get to sleep tonight. And the vanilla chai is warming and invigorating and will set me up for maybe a gin and tonic later, once I've done all my work, of course. Um, <laughs> and, um, well put, well I put, do? Vanessa. <clears throat> Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> One or several, perhaps. Um, and what do I do at Tribal? Well, I'm very fortunate to work with Sarah Goodall, and since she started up Tribal three years ago, my role has evolved into looking after helping channel partners with growing their business and into becoming more of a social business and, and enabling their thought leaders to develop a voice and also putting their employees in front of the brand. And I'm pretty much 100% focused on the SAP partners so we are enjoying a fabulous adventure together at Tribal Impact, and, it, and it's great being involved um, with the radio show today. So thank you. Thank you. You're very kind, and we're very happy to have you. And now let's go around. And thank you, by the way, gin and tonic. Do you have a favorite gin? We would love to know. <laughs> Bombay Sapphire. <laughs> ah, why am I not surprised? Very interesting. Thank you. Thank you very much. I won't say uh, cheers or bottoms up because I don't think it's quite that time yet. Wait till the end of the show. Appreciate that. Kirsten, we're ready for you. I, I have a feeling I know where you are. I might even know what you're drinking, although once in a while you surprise me. And what have you been up to at SAP? <laughs> Kirsten, let's get let's catch up with Kirsten Boylo. Well, I have actually moved to a home office, so I am sitting in my, my attic uh, office space in my house oh. a, and um, in St. Jacob's, Ontario, which is not very far from Waterloo, about a five-minute mm-hmm. drive. Okay. Um, it's pouring rain here, uh, oh. so I'm really hoping it stops for the little kitties that are going to head out to, to go trick-or-treating this afternoon. Oh, that's right. Happy and Halloween! <laughs> it's Halloween, yes. I forgot. And I've got okay. two little witches that are heading out, uh, probably heading out, well, we're going to the SAP office this afternoon and then heading out uh, around the village. Uh, and they will be very disappointed if it's 
super wet out. Um, oh, yeah. And I am drinking. I, I had to drop the girls off this morning because it's, of course, pouring rain. So I was driving them to school. And uh, I went to Tim Hortons and got myself an Earl Grey tea to enjoy during our session today. Very, very nice. We had an interesting conversation about Tim Horton on a radio show I did yesterday, Kirsten. There were some rumors oh, really? of some ad- rumors about some additives. There, there's a, a couple of threads online about some additives they put in their coffee. And I went out and debunked those rumors while I was researching it during the live show. And my panelists said, hmm, I didn't know that. So we did a little bit of fact-checking on on Tim Horton and everything was just fine. So there, I'll just leave it at that. So thank you very much. And uh, is your home office a new place for you to retreat to or has it been there for a while? Uh, Well, I started building it over the summertime. It's... um it's a space that we've had renovated for a number of years, but it's changed actually functions over those 10 years or so. So it's uh, now it's my office, and it'll probably stay like this for a while. Well, congratulations. Everybody should have a nice, cozy home office, and I like the fact that you have one. And sorry about the rain, and happy Halloween and trick-or-treating to your little ones. And now we're going to go to Sherelle Robinson-Brown. Sherelle, where are you today in general? What do you love to drink, or what's making you very happy right this moment in time? And what... Tell me about your role. Update us on what you're doing. I know you're very busy. So, thanks, Bonnie. Um, I think that we are going to have an awesome day today. We have been getting very, very cold, bitter weather. Um, but today it's going to be close to 70 degrees. Now, it's not good for allergies or being sick. Um, I think the, the drastic changes in temperature will sort of mess with our immune system. But I think the kids will be happy going out trick-or-treating today. I'm going to be doing a trunk or treat um, at my church with my 8-year-old. And so I'm excited about the warmer weather. Um, I am in Pennsylvania, so that's uh, where we're getting the sun at today. And then about my role, I have been working on e-learnings lately. There's been some changes to some platforms, uh, specifically LinkedIn, which require us to consistently improve our e-learnings and the e-learnings are just little bits of information no longer than 15 minutes that give introductory level information for some of our social selling modules and so I'm currently working on the point drive um, e-learning and some other things with uh, a couple of teams within SAP so that's what I've been working on in my drink so I've been doing the smoothies for a long time Mm -hmm. but hubby just bought me a cold pressed juice machine so I am drinking carrot, apple, and ginger today, and it's so refreshing, and I think that's where my energy is coming from. Carrot, apple, and ginger. Any specific proportions, Sherelle? And is there a carrot, apple, and ginger? There must be a liquid you add to it. Is it a fruit juice? Is it milk, ice cubes? What do you add to to smooth it out? Oh, So it's a cold-pressed juice machine, so I'm using the actual juice from the fruit. Oh. Um, so there's nothing to, yeah, there's nothing to, um, I'm, it's actual carrot juice, and it's all organic. Uh, the proportion I like to do is more carrot than apple, so I'm using just regular organic carrots. However, I'm using Granny Smith apples because the tartness of the apple with the sweetness of the carrot is amazing, and the ginger just kicks it up. Thank you very much. You've inspired me. Maybe I need to. Uh, maybe I. Maybe I need to go out and buy uh, a particular any particular juice maker you recommend. Um. I have, it's called, let me just take a look at it because I didn't um, remember. It's called Breville. 
It's B R E V I L L E. Oh, of course, um, yes. My daughter has a double, a double two-sided Breville coffee maker, espresso, the the very fancy schmancy one, where you can brew two cups at the same time on on either side oh, of the wow, machine. Oh yeah. So this, yeah, this is amazing. Um, so maybe I'll ship you some. Well, you know what? I think I'm going to go look for one. Just bought a brand new refrigerator, but that's a whole other story. So I am Bonnie D. Graham. I'm here in Durham, North Carolina. Very surprisingly, it's going to be up to 70 today. So we may be having a little bit of your uh, your Pennsylvania weather. And it has typically started here. Our mornings run in the high 30s which is just shocking to me because it was summer, what, 10 minutes ago, and we were suffering from too many mid-90s days. And now it's a beautiful sunny day, blue sky, just very, very pale light blue clouds. We don't get trick-or-treaters in our neighborhood because this is an over-blank-blank-blank community. And some people have their grandchildren visit, but mostly people's families live reasonably far away. So I don't have any candy in the house, and I'm not even going to turn the light on, but I doubt we're going to see any little monsters going by. So I'm going to be thinking, Kirsten, about your kids and Sherelle, I'm going to be thinking about yours. And and Vanessa, do they celebrate Halloween in the UK? Uh, they do, and my children want to go trick or treating tonight, dressed with some very horrible hairy hand gloves and scary <laughs> masks on. So I do feel sorry for our neighbours because we will be calling on their doors tonight. Uh, well, okay, okay, mom, mom, and mom, and kids, kids, and kids. I am, uh, I'm thinking of you. I remember when I was in Cambridge, Massachusetts a gazillion years ago, and my son was trick-or-treating along with the neighborhood kids, and he had this habit of saying, Mommy, take, open the candy for me. And so in the first couple of houses, I'd open one, I'd open another. By the time we got home, everything in this little pumpkin we were carrying, everything was torn open. He wanted a taste of everything. He didn't get that we were going to wait to go home and decide. You know, this was way before we were sorting through and saying, no, you can't have that much sugar, my child. That's not good for you. We didn't know that back in the day. <laughs> so anyway, I remember coming home with lots of open can. I just it was a good excuse to throw everything out. So there you go. I guess it worked its magic. So I'm just drinking cool, clear water because as Sherelle and Kirsten know, I'm not allowed to have caffeine on radio show days. And Vanessa, I think you figured out why. We're going to take a very, very short break. It's half past. We have so much to talk about. Our topic today is very interesting. We're talking about should Instagram be part of your B2B social selling program and B2B business to business. We're not talking about what you're doing with your friends and neighbors and with your college mates and with your anybody you know on a personal level we're talking about b2b serious business communications and given that instagram was bought by facebook that it's photos and videos how appropriate is it and how should you work it into your program we think the answer is yes we're going to be hearing a lot more from my three experts vanessa baker at tribal impact and again a shout out to sarah goodall and kirsten boylo and sherelle robinson brown at sap don't even think of touching that mouse that app that I promise we'll be back in 90 seconds. Don't go too far away. Aaron out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com business news and discussions are always changing in order to stay ahead of the game sometimes you need to be a follower you can follow the voice america business channel on twitter at voice am business again that's at voice am business and stay current we're making it easier to listen to the voice america talk radio network wherever you go In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all of our show archives on demand, all from your iOS, Amazon Kindle, or Android device. Download it from the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Here we are. We're back enjoying our time together with my three experts today, Vanessa Baker at Tribal Impact, Kirsten Boylow at SAP, and Sherelle Robinson-Brown at SAP. All are looking forward to doing some trick-or-treating with their kidlets today, wherever they are around the world. We're happy the three of you could join us. And our topic is something we have never, ever covered on any of our Coffee Break or Game Changers, the broader Game Changers series of radio shows here presented by SAP. We're talking about Instagram. It's not just for kids anymore. Get over it. It probably should be included in your company's B2B social selling program. So let's get focused now. And Vanessa Baker at Tribal Impact told me the following. She says, storytelling plays an important role in social selling. We need to focus on winning hearts and minds of buyers with content that serves to inform, educate, and entertain. And Vanessa, let's just link this right to Instagram. Why don't you tell us more, please? Yes, of course. And I think um, we're all aware in today's digital economy that our customers are really digitally savvy and educated. And all of our marketing needs to be focused on content and developing an inbound approach. And storytelling is a great, great approach to use with all of our content marketing because it it gets an an emotional response. It can really strike a chord and sort of develops a narrative which our our readers can sort of relate to and share with us. And I think Instagram is actually an an excellent platform, as we know, for doing this storytelling approach. shows them that we're human can, can show them behind the scenes a little bit about what our company's like, what the culture's life like. And if we can do something throughout that, such as providing advice, you know, tips on transformation, and videos as well, I think that's a great way of telling a story, letting them know what we're about, sharing our culture, 
and ultimately drawing people in towards our brand. So I think, yeah, I think why not use Instagram and B2B marketing? It plays, a, it plays a, an interesting part, which is different and perhaps more honest and authentic than on Twitter and LinkedIn. So that was what I wanted to raise with you guys about the storytelling aspect. Thank you very much. And, and as I mentioned before, Vanessa, we talk often about the increasing popularity of video. Everybody's busy. We're bombarded by messages, thousands, maybe millions, all day long. But when you see a video or a photo, you stop, and it triggers something different in the brain. You're not just reading. It's pushing images into your head about what the sender, what the poster wants you to think. Uh, just quickly, Remember the old phrase, Vanessa, a picture is worth a thousand words. Do you think that's true as far as Instagram for B2B? Oh, I beg your pardon. I can't actually hear you very well, Bonnie. I'm sorry. Do you think the old adage, a picture is worth a thousand words, is correct when it comes to the value of Instagram for B2B? I really, really do because I think there's so much, dig- there's so much digital noise and content online and I read somewhere that, I think, I can't remember, but just a few images equates to a thousand, many thousands of words. So, yes, I completely believe that's the case. And I think with video and photos, we can really strike a chord with our target audience. So, I absolutely will be reminding myself of that and all of our content marketing that we do. Thank you, Vanessa. Let's go to Kirsten. Agree or disagree about the storytelling aspect of pictures, specifically Instagram? What do you think so is so special about it? Why it's coming to the forefront of B2B social selling, Kirsten? Well, I was going to hit on the emotional side of it, of making yeah. that connection with your, with your audience, right? Um, when you um, create that emotional response in a person through and it's best done through a picture or a video because you can get across so much more as Vanessa just said with a single photo uh, than you can with a thousand words that um, you strike that emotional response in someone and that creates a memory and as soon as you create a memory and if you can can uh, through Instagram, have them follow you and create multiple memories. Uh, that's how you start to build a relationship with your customer. Um, they start to, uh, to feel like you're providing them great value, that you're providing them great uh, content that's relevant and interesting, entertaining perhaps, but also um, educational for them. And that really brings home. Uh, so, you know, driving those, those visuals forward through Instagram and bringing that emotional response together with, uh, you know, the brand and reputation that you're trying to, um, to portray all brings forward the, uh, the relationship that you're trying to build with your customers and ultimately better business. Thank you very much. Sherelle, chime in on us, please. What do you think? Storytelling, emotions, the visual images, picture worth a thousand words, any or all of the above, agree or disagree? Absolutely agree. I like what Kirsten said about the emotional connection. I think Mm -hmm. it's very important, and it's obvious that storytelling is important to Instagram because they have the story feature, right, where you can not only add stills or video to your account, there are enhancements. You can add a group of photos, mark up the photo, add stickers, all of that stuff. And those are the things that add the emotional piece to your story, Um, especially if you're not using video. If you're not using rich media, you can add a group of stills and mark those up and tell a story. And that will give the user, the viewer, the reader, your potential, you know, customers 
a view of what you're trying to depict in that particular post. Um, and pretty much these social channels fashion their functionality around what's popular. So storytelling is certainly popular because it's a feature in Instagram as well as others. Thank you very much. I'm going to move on. Vanessa, I think we've covered this very nicely. I'm going to move on to some notes here from Kirsten Boyleau that she sent me before the show. Kirsten, there's two places I want to go. Number one, let's let's see if we can divide your time on this. Number one, you say many social sellers wonder what kind of visuals they would use on Instagram to drive business forward. And you advise, be yourself. If you like nature, if you go on a morning walk, fine. But Kirsten, the big question is, how do you bring that part of the slash emotional slash personal human authentic being side alongside the professional side if you're you're selling whatever it is you're selling a software solution or you're selling some kind of a, a, a business platform how do you or a business service how do you take that nature walk picture and how do you get them to see you as a business person Kirsten love to get your thoughts well when it to to social selling um, and particularly using Instagram as a as a visual platform, um, it's a great way to show who you are as a well-rounded person. Uh, we okay. talk about being authentic as part of our best practices um, in general as a social seller, and so you can. This is a great way for you to uh, to use um, a platform, a visual, very visual platform like Instagram, as a way to to show all of the various aspects of your personality. That um, so it might be that nature walk in the morning, and related to how it helps you gear up for a great day, um, and ah. perhaps it it helps to you know you talk about how it sharpens your senses and and. Uh, or perhaps helps you to be focused um, on your work that you're going to do or, or on the strategies that you bring forward to your, for your customers. Um, but then you can also flip it over to uh, sharing great content um, at that because you never want to sell on, on social. It's never about the hard sell. It's never about the aggressive sell. It's about um, engaging your customers with great content that um, brings home to them the challenges that they either know they have or perhaps also educating them on challenges they may not be aware of yet that they do need to to think about um, or perhaps how they can solve that problem or all of those types of things. There's a great, you you can use the, Instagram is not just about taking a picture and, you know, adding a bunch of hashtags on it. You can create a story. uh, You can... um, add links in your comments to the content. You can perhaps make it into a meme and make it funny. There's all kinds of mm. ways that you can use that visual element to uh, engage your customer, to, um, to build that relationship, but also show all aspects of your, of your personality. Kirsten, it, before I bring in Sherelle and Vanessa on this, whose role is it to do this? Is it each individual salesperson? Is it is there a team that should be you should have your B two B social selling Instagram team? Do you have people who will say, okay, Bob and Mary and Jim and Sherelle and and Kirsten and Phil and Vanessa and Sarah? What did you do yesterday that made you an authentic person? And we're going to take those or we're going to write a little tagline to go with them that will show that you also have a professional side. Who does all this work, Kirsten? Well, uh, I do. Social selling and social media marketing are two very different things. And so you do, but you do need to bring them somewhat close together in that the marketing team also needs to provide content that the social seller can then um, provide to their customers through their own platforms. 
Um, I would say that it's up to the social seller to uh, to actually be present and and sharing that content. And the reason for that is because they are the ones that need to build a relationship with the customer and not the marketing organization or not mm-hmm. the market, the social media marketer. It has to be that person um, who is again, being authentic, being themselves, and building their relationship one-on-one. Uh, this is why social selling can be so impactful is because it is driving forward that one-to-one relationship with your customers. They, they trust you as a um, knowledge resource, as a, an advisor in their business, because you've built a relationship with them through sharing great content. And that, that content might come from your marketing organization. It might come from outside sources that you trust and feel that represents um, the story that you're trying to tell. Thank you very much. Great answer. Sherelle, please join us. Agree or disagree? You want to add anything to what Kirsten just shared with us? Absolutely. And I like, again, what Kirsten said. Kirsten, we're on a roll today. I like what you said about... <laughs> Um, how it makes social selling so impactful. But I do have to say, although I agree, it also makes it intimidating. People Mm. are afraid to put themselves out there. So I think that uh, oftentimes, especially with SAP, we should trust the amazing training that we get at our company and trust our expertise and humanize our perspectives a little bit by posting ourselves in nature, talking about how, you know, this particular morning walk gives us fuel for our day. I think that um, it's, you know, as my, as an employee of SAP, it's my job to properly brand myself in a way that will reflect what direction the company is moving in. So that part is on me. Um, and so, like, you know, like was mentioned, a video blog is a really simple yet a professional way to increase engagement. You can integrate something humanizing like the morning walk or attending a corporate event and pair that up with your content. So if it's not video, you can do the same thing in a group of photos and make it similar to a virtual storybook. You know, use some content, put some words on a picture, and make a a virtual storybook. So I completely agree with that. Thank you very much. I like the idea of the storybook. Vanessa Baker, join us. Thoughts, please. Oh, I beg your pardon. You're very quiet again, Bonnie. Oh, my goodness. I'm right here. My mic is right up to my mouth. It must be our connection with you in the U.K. So go ahead. Join us. What do you think about what uh, Kirsten just shared and, and Sherelle's comments? Join us, please. Yeah, well, um, as I said, unfortunately, it's very quiet, so I'm kind of guessing at what they were saying here, Bonnie, which was talking about humanizing the brand and the use of employees to generate the content to ensure that it's not just about pushing out a corporate logo. Would I be talking in the right vein there? Yes, and what we specifically want to talk about, Vanessa, <clears throat> is the use of, of personal photos of what you do on Instagram versus how do you relate them to your professional side and who in the company should be responsible for deciding what photos or videos to post. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And actually, recently at tribal in terms of sort of demonstrating the culture within the company. We had a really funny team building experience where we had to make pasta ourselves from scratch. It was hilarious. And one of us decided it would be funny to put those photos up on Instagram. They were certainly weren't your typical corporate professional photos. Mm-hmm. But it did show that we're very, very human and very, very fallible. And actually, I think that's totally acceptable. And I think the important thing about who decides what content to, is to go up there is you need to uh, decide 
who your thought leaders are and have some and make sure that everyone understands the risks of use of social media and know what is appropriate and what isn't appropriate to go up there. I think also there needs to be a, a real understanding within the company that Instagram is not just repurposed content from LinkedIn and Twitter. It has a very, very different approach. And I mean, sharing customer stories is another excellent stuff to put up there. But you have to have your customers green light before you do that. So I think it's all about changing a mindset and putting social media and understanding the risks at the forefront and making it an organizational policy for all to embrace. Thank you. That's perfect, Vanessa. I love the story you shared with us. I hope you can hear us better. It sounds like you're having a problem hearing everybody on the call. Must be the phone we've got you on. So <clears throat> we'll try to speak up a little bit more for you. Ladies, uh, Sherelle and, and Kirsten will all speak a little bit louder so Vanessa can hear us. Thank you very much. Kirsten, I'm going to take one of your statements in your notes and combine it with something from Sherelle and ask Sherelle to comment on it because you're both. We're going to talk about hashtags next. And Sherelle, just let me read a snippet from Kirsten and then I'm going to add something from you and I'll let you address it first, Sherelle. So Kirsten says, the use of hashtags on Instagram provides both a unique opportunity and a unique problem. Best practices for many companies social selling says don't use more than two or three hashtags or you risk overwhelming your audience. On Instagram, you're allowed to use up to 30. That's three zero hashtags per post. And now here's what Sherelle says about this. Quote from Sherelle, Instagram's hashtag filtration system is an amazing way to conduct social listening. Hashtags give you a clear direction on the approach to take when tagging your posts and recommendations on which other accounts to follow. Sherelle, could you build this out for us, please? This is great. Absolutely. I think that um, just uh, kind of reiterating that it, uh, the filters that hashtags provide, and it's not uh, su- such a hard job to go from, you know, a best practice on LinkedIn using no more than one or two hashtags to go to something like Instagram and being able to use up to 30. I feel like that gives you a way to sort of, you know, converge and diverge um, the hashtag theory. So in using hashtags with Instagram specifically, I like the fact that you can use so many because you can fashion the audience that you're trying to captivate with the hashtags you can conduct social listening, which is my favorite paradigm of social selling. Um, And I think it's really important because the functionality that Instagram provides on there is that now you can follow hashtags where that wasn't a possibility before. So not only are you getting a feed, it's almost like an enhanced version of Instagram where it allows you to follow hashtags. So not only are you getting a feed of people that you're following or accounts that you're following, now you can follow the hashtag. So you can find out what's happening um, with, you know, Breville cold press juicers if you want or, you know, digital marketing if you want. Um, so I like the fact that that functionality is there. I don't feel like it's disconnected. I feel like one platform you're allowed to use, you know, best practices one or two and another platform use up to 30. I, I like the variation and the flexibility with being able to do that. Thank you. That's fascinating. I don't use it for business, not yet anyway, so this is all a very much of a learning experience for me. Vanessa, I hope you were able to hear us. We're talking about hashtag use on Instagram. Any thoughts you'd like to share with us, Vanessa Baker? Uh, 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 yes, about the hashtags. 
that's a great what you were saying, Sherelle, and I actually read something that resonated with me earlier, that the overuse of hashtags on Instagram smacks of um, a lack of professionalism and desperation. Ooh. And I thought that's a pretty harsh statement, but actually absolutely right. We should only be putting two to three well-thought, well-meaning hashtags with each post. And 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 I, what I can't stand is lots and lots of words joined together and added as a hashtag. I think because it, it's just not a proper hashtag. And I think, as I said earlier, as long as everyone in the company understands what works and what doesn't and what looks, you know, professional and relevant, then I think they have a very relevant place within Instagram posts in B two B marketing. Thank you very much, Vanessa. Right on point there. Interesting point of view. Kirsten, talk to us about hashtags since I picked up that comment from your list. Oh, my goodness. We're in the crystal ball predictions round. Kirsten, you want to combine your comments on hashtags with your prediction? <laughs> I'll let you do that if you want. I'm going to give you 90 seconds. Sure. Use them however you want. 90 seconds are all yours. Okay. Uh, yeah, the hashtag problem or opportunity, however you want to phrase it, on Instagram is an interesting one. I actually was doing a bit of research on hashtags on Instagram particularly uh, before the show just to, so I understood exactly how, you know, what the strategy is behind them. And, um, and you can put yourself in a lot of danger by um, overusing your hashtags always putting the same hashtags on every post. Um, and so I think, you know, you really have to be careful about what strategy you're going to use. Are you going to be um, very careful about the number of hashtags that you use? Are you going to be just focused on it, uh, on the most critical few for you? Or are you trying to drive a, a wider audience? And I guess that really comes down to what is it exactly is you're um, trying to do with your Instagram posts? Are you trying to, to um, focus in on a very specific audience or are you just trying, trying to drive awareness um, about your, your business? That would be um, the way I, would, I guess you would have to think about it uh, because there, there are certain algorithms and there are certain flags that, that a, a user can put on your um, post if they don't like it associated with a particular hashtag. Um, from a prediction standpoint, yes. I would say that uh, Instagram is going to be um, become a more um, valuable and um, much more widely used tool in the social seller's um, uh, toolkit in the coming years. Thank you very much. I, I'm just surprised about all this. I'm going to have to look at it more closely. Thank you, Kirsten. Sherelle, I'm going to go to you next around the table in the same order. Sherelle, 60 seconds predictions. What do you see for the future of Instagram and social selling? I have a five-second prediction. I predict that there will be an e-learning soon on the horizon uh, regarding Instagram because of this conversation, because of the popularity of Instagram, because of the controversial nature of things like we can use 30 hashtags and this is a corporate environment. So I feel like the digital marketers and the salespeople and whoever else is going to be engaging in Instagram as a social channel from a professional perspective will probably need some guidance. Thank you very much. I know you're big on e-learning and I know why. Thank you, Sherelle. Vanessa Baker, we're up to you. Predictions, please, Vanessa. 60 sec, actually 90 seconds. They're all yours. Go ahead. Well, uh, Instagram, I agree with comments made by both of you and I think it's 
as a brand channel on B2B, it's going to grow in importance over the next few years as organizations uh, continue with their changing shift to inbound marketing. They're going to realize that we need a human approach, and this is a great way to show our human side and helpful side as well. And I hope that it doesn't change too much, though, because I think it's not yet directly attributable to lead conversion, and that kind of keeps it natural. So I think we'll just see it ever-increasing over the next few years and end up using LinkedIn as the primary channel and Instagram as a supporting um, human approach to our brand. Thank you very much. Very interesting from the three of you. I appreciate it very much. Um, I learned a lot. I just honestly was completely surprised about this. Kirsten, I'm still sitting here and saying, uh, I'm still having the reaction, as I mentioned earlier, that Twitter was something people looked down on for business use and now Instagram, but there's so much power. Just quickly, Kirsten, we have just a couple of seconds left. Are businesses using it more for video posting or for photos? Who, who is winning the contest there, the static photos or the videos? Just a quick one-liner from you. I, I don't think I could say one uh, winner over, one over the other at the moment. Um, we'll just have to wait and see. Very good. Well, there's a prediction. I'm going to predict video for business will win because of the popularity of personalized videos for selling and for the need to have motion in front of people to keep their attention. That's just my prediction. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. It's been such a pleasure learning from Vanessa Baker at Tribal Impact. Thank you so much, Vanessa. Enjoy your trick-or-treating with your kidlets. Kirsten Boylow, ditto, ditto. Same thing, Sherelle Robinson-Brown, ditto, ditto. And I think in addition to the new refrigerator, there may be a Breville juice maker in my my future. I will let you know and, and I'm going to tap you for some really good recipes Sherelle so don't be surprised. I want to do a Happy. quick shout out to Sarah Goodall at Tribal Impact for introducing us to Vanessa. Wonderful. We really appreciate it Sarah and hope you will join us again at some point in the future and thank you to Aaron our engineer extraordinaire for getting us on the air and keeping us on the air. So here's my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. Just like Vanessa Baker at Tribal Impact. Just like Kirsten Boileau and Sherelle Robinson-Brown at SAP. I'll be back 2 p.m. Eastern right here on the Business Channel with a new episode of Extreme Makeover Omnichannel for Retail on our show called Retail Leaders. Have a great day. Talk to you then. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.